Hey, brewery lovers. Richard here with my good friend. Adam. <laughs> uh, the DC Beer Show is in Baltimore, Maryland. We're uh, at Union Craft Brewing Company. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that just for folks who question it. Union Craft Brewing. <laughs> it's not Union Craft. Uh, we're here with John Zarevitz, the co-founder and director of marketing, and Kevin Blodger, co-founder and director of brewing operations. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're so excited about this. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the beer that you guys make. And, so am uh, I. Yeah, the way you embrace the community that you're a part of, I think, is really, really fantastic. So we're, we're really appreciative that you're going to be here. Let's dive right into this. Adam, I'm turning it over to you. So you guys opened in 2011. It was the two of you plus... Wait, you opened in two tw- 2012. Well, I opened in 2012. Started a company started in 2011, in 2011. started brewing in 2012. Got it. Right. It was you two plus another co-founder, Adam. Correct. Right? Yep. Not you, Adam. Yep. I know, not me. <laughs> I wish it was me. But... Um, so what made you decide that it was a good time to open a brewery in Baltimore? Uh, I think there were a number of factors at the time. One was myself, Adam, Kevin, were all in this unique place in life where we had started careers and were establishing families. Adam was well underway with some older kids already. Um, but we were sort of ready to transition out of that first career move. None of us were fully satisfied with where we were at. Um, We were all lovers of beer. Obviously, Kevin was brewing professionally. And we were ready and in a good place to take a risk to do something that was more fulfilling. Um, The other, I think, key point was that a brewery had not opened in Baltimore in 30 years at that time. And being big beer fans and uh, drinking at the local taverns and and um, you know enjoying beer meetups and trading beers and things like that. There was this common sentiment that while there was some good beer being made in Baltimore by some um, very well established brewers, there wasn't a more modern take on what a brewery can be to a community and to a city and. Um, there wasn't one that we wanted to really hang our hat on. It's like, this is our Baltimore beer that we're super right. proud of and want to send around to people out of, the, out of the state. And so we just started talking and said, look, we're all in this, we're all in this position to make a move. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but I want, to, I want to get a sense of like, because you said we all started talking. Like, how did y'all meet? How did that come together? So Adam and I went to Maryland together. Uh, um, that's where I met. I think he knew John from high school and maybe the Jewish community in Baltimore as well. Um, and so I was living in Illinois at the time. These discussions started brewing for Gordon Beard's shop there. Uh. Um, and Adam and John would get together weekly and drink beer and kind of talk about stuff. Adam and I would send beer back and forth to each other and we'd all kind of talk. And I think that's how we all... Kind of came together cool. and discovered all right. all so this is a multi-state. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I actually was uh, seated next to Adam at a mutual friend's wedding. I hadn't seen Adam in I don't even know more than 10, 15 years or something since we were both in town going to high school. And there's an age difference. There. I'm a little younger, and um, we started talking about beer and never stopped talking about beer. <laughs> and, and uh, he revealed to me that he has this incredible cellar of beers at his house. And so I invited myself over <laughs> and started going over his house regularly to crack into these bottles. And he would talk about his buddy, Kevin. Kevin was almost this like legendary figure. <laughs> and, and, you are a legend, Kevin, by the way. 
and when we started getting more serious about possibly starting to write a business plan for a brewery, he would then get Kevin on the phone. Right. And, and, so you, you were know. brewing, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You were brewing uh, in Illinois for Gordon Biersch at this time. This is 2010? Uh, no, this is earlier than that. This oh, was, t- oh, wow. Because I moved okay. back to the area. I moved back to Northern Virginia, I guess, in 2010. So okay. we started talking about this, I would say, probably 2007, 2008, because we went to CBC in San Francisco, and that might have been in 2010 before I moved back um, to kind of see, is this a viable thing? Can we really do this? Yeah. So we've been talking for years and shooting ideas back and forth. What will we name the brewery? Where are we going to put the brewery? This kind of stuff. All right. For All a couple right. of years, kind of just... We had this email thread just going back and forth. Of, cool. What do you think about this? All right. Some so Google what Hangouts were you guys and- doing, Ke- uh, John? Uh, you and Adam. Like, what were your career things? And I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in this because we have a lot of listeners who have this dream. Yeah. <laughs> of opening, like you know, don't or do they've it. Done it. Right? <laughs> but but it's because but almost everybody we've ever talked to, there's a few people who are brewers, and there's a few people who just love beer, and we're like, I gave up my career doing blah 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 to right. open a brewery, and it's interesting. And yeah. it's not just our listeners who have that no. Dream. It's Adam. <laughs> Adam wants to do anyway so i graduated from college with a degree in english and writing um floundered for a little while eventually got a um some training in graphic design and um i've always had a a love for visual design and um got myself trained up in it and started taking jobs right away freelance after a couple of years um I had gotten engaged and then gotten married and then was getting the pressure to like, hey, let's move out of this rented apartment. Let's buy a house. <laughs> let's maybe start thinking about having a family. Um, <gasps> let's be grownups. Let's be grownups. <laughs> and so I figured the next step on pretending to be a grownup was to get a real job um, that was steady and stable. Um, and so I got a temp job at T. Rowe Price in their art department. And that's all you got to say. You can start right there. Like, you know, ended like- up flipping that into a eight year stint, um, you know, in a cubicle nine to five. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> when you live that life and, and, and I've lived that life and a lot of the people who listen to this show, I think have lived that life. It's a yeah, let's get the, <laughs> the cubicle. <laughs> I mean, it, I did, you know, and nothing against T. Rowe Price or my, no, my, no, no. my co-workers, just- which were amazing. But after years of that. And I think being forced to try and be creative between the hours of nine and five, yeah. um, I just was so burnt out. I didn't want to go to work every day. Um, and that's when it really sort of struck me that I need to make a change. Um, Adam was, is a CPA and was working for a... Um, Venture, right. venture capital. Venture capital. Yeah, they bought and traded uh, um, no. like software companies. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So he was okay. But but I will say, like, if one of your founders is a CPA, <laughs> you're already way ahead of the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Speaking that's of the devil. that's exactly right. <laughs> Wait, um, woo. we realized that you know a little bit later on that we really had a nice you know triangle of of talent in the right places yeah. to make something really. Yeah, happen. that's freaking awesome. So now I want to ask a little bit about the beer philosophy. But before I do that, Kevin, you're the brewer here. Did John, Adam, did either of you homebrew or do any kind of brewing first at all? Yeah. Or just enjoy beer? I had uh, dipped my toe into the homebrewing. I, I, you know, I started on the stovetop, graduated to the turkey fryer, made a couple <laughs> of really shitty beers, and 
and then um, kind of retired from home brewing. Um, I'm pretty sure Adam followed the same path, maybe one or two brews under his belt. Um, but once we once we started talking about making a serious brewery, professional brewing, I knew right away it wasn't going to be me. I was going to be going to be on the brew system. So that's where Kevin comes into play. Wow, and Kevin, you worked at um, Gordon Beer, she said. In Capital City Brewery as well? Yeah, and also uh, Frederick Brewing Company, which is okay. now Flying Dog. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. yeah. I mean, Wait, I, let me, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt, Adam. But, sure. But you're from around here, right? Yeah, I grew up in Northern Virginia. Oh, okay. I uh, went to University of Maryland. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. So that we never made that connection. Yeah. That, like, you're, you came back home yeah, when yeah. you came from yeah. Illinois. Yeah, so we moved to Illinois just to get a change of scenery. Yeah, Didn't sure. have kids yet or anything. Yeah. Um, so. All right. So, Kevin, you worked at a couple of breweries. What were your thoughts in opening your own brewery? What kind of beer did you want to brew? What kind of philosophy did you want in that beer? You know, we wanted to make, I wanted to make good beer that people could appreciate and could drink. And, uh, you know, in all the places that I worked and as the industry has kind of evolved, you've kind of seen how beer has gone from good beer kind of being European styles to American IPAs to now where we're at with the pastry stouts and the hazy IPAs. Um, and I think there's a, a group of people and, and there's an enjoyment in all those beers. Uh, but for me, beer at its core is kind of simple, right? It's just these four ingredients right. um, and it should taste good and it should be easy to drink. My dad drinks anything, right? I give my dad a Michelob, he puts it back. I give my dad <laughs> a pastry stout, he puts it back, you know, but like I, I want my dad to be able to taste any of our beers and be like, this is a good beer. And, I appreciate it, but I also want somebody that's super into beer to be like, well, this is a really well-made beer. So that's kind of our philosophy. Let's make well-made, easily approachable, but complex styles. And then let's play around. So for most of our core beers, I think that's what you see. But then at the same time, let's play around. And if the brewers want to do a pastry style, let's do a pastry style. If I want to do a Ralph beer, I really love Ralph beers. Let's do Ralph beers. And do Ralph beers. Yeah. We have do a, we Ralph have a, beers. We have an ESB <laughs> coming out next week. Um, oh, yes. ESPs aren't sexy anymore like they were 20 I years ago. I freaking love ESPs. Like, yeah, but I, like I love them. So one of my guys did an ESB, and I'm really excited to have that on tap All right. next wow. week. So that's yeah. kind of our beer philosophy is like, let's make great beer, mm-hmm. right? And I guess every brewery would probably say that, but let's make great beer that's approachable, and we're not too pretentious on what we do. Yeah. Okay. Now you, I mean, you have here looking at the menu you have right now a lot of different styles. Did you brew all those before? Did you like kind of expand out when you got no? I kind your of own brewery. I kind of expanded out for five years of Gordon Beers. So all I brewed was German beers, right. um, which Gordon was beer. <laughs> really great in a lot of ways because we had to keep these five core beers on, and then you could do these other beers. But you sent your beers into a lab to get tested. That's kind of how you bonus at Gordon Beers. Right. So it taught you process and repeatability and how to make things better and how to look at it because they would send this list out every quarter, and you wanted to be eighty percent or above. And you didn't want to be those guys that were down low because those right. guys didn't stay at the company much more than two quarters <laughs> if they had wow. those kind of low scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of brought that philosophy to here. Like, let's let's brew stuff that we're into, but stuff that's good, too. So our first two beers were pale ale and an alt beer. So we uh, kind, of, kind of checked both those boxes. I got to do something cool and hoppy and then something that I was really into, which was the alt beer. So you moved to this new facility in 2018, right? That's correct. Now... The facility is really interesting. Can you tell a little? Because you found it's not just y'all. a great location, but it was too big. That's right. So how did you handle that? What did you do? Um, after an extensive search for a building in Baltimore, um, we'd actually already seen this building once, and it, just, it was so massive. We only needed 
45, 50,000 square feet. Uh, this building How? is 155,000 square feet. <laughs> three times, like yeah. 3x what you needed, right? Um, oh, but wow. very close to our original location, which was one of the checkboxes on our wants for the new brewery was to hopefully be somewhere near the original location that built us. That was the community that first embraced us and that we had invested a lot in and they had invested a lot in us. Um, so after not finding anything else that suited our needs in the rest of Baltimore City, we returned to this location. At that time, the company that was occupying the building, uh, Headwind, was down to a skeleton crew as they were transitioning to um, outsource everything overseas and take the company um, you know, out of the city. Um, so that's when we took another look at the building, and the idea just came to us that in the six years of of building the brewery, we had met all these other entrepreneurs who had established manufacturing type businesses and um, were at sort of growing out of their startup phase and they were ready to move. And they were looking at cheap warehouse space on the outskirts of the city in places that are strictly industrial where no one would really ever come to visit them. And so, you know, we thought let's take this wonderful aspect of craft beer where the community comes to see the product being made as well as buy and consume the product on site and extend it to other areas of manufacturing um, as well as bringing manufacturing into city center rather than to the outskirts, to the outskirts. which we knew would be great for yeah. the community so what do you got what do you have here and what, what tell me what this is called and overall and what what you've brought into the space so we call this a union collective um we have the Charmery. They uh, manufacture ice cream here. They have that store as well. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to go by there. Yeah, you should go check it out. <laughs> you should check it out. Uh, Vint Coffee Roasters, who um, they roast coffee. They have a little coffee shop there. Drink it every day, pretty much. It's great coffee. Um, Baltimore Spirits Company. Um, they produce several great spirits. Their, their Epic Rye Whiskey is become my favorite whiskey in the world. It's so delicious. We may um, have to stop by there. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to stop by there. Too. We have a new business opening soon called the Wine Collective, um, and they will be down there making wine. Um, so we have a little city winery now. Wow! All right. And um, Earth Trek's Climbing Gym is here as well. So you can come get Sweet. your ice cream. You can get your wine. Have a little bit of coffee. Work out. That's, you can do it all here. Uh, this is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, and they all seem pretty compatible in terms of bringing people in. Same kind of. Same kind of clientele. How has that worked out? Um, it's working out quite well, and you're <laughs> right to notice that there is a sort of lifestyle aspect going on here where we are all very compatible and our customers are all very compatible. Um, the climbing community really embraces craft beer. Um, coffee and spirits and beer and wine and even ice cream. There's all these elements where we can collaborate and share ideas and make new things together. Um, so, you know, it's really working out great. And the best aspect is that I think we took a industrial space in the middle of a residential community that was of no use to anyone and turned it into this vibrant hub of community and activity um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make the city a more livable, more that's, fun place. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. So when Adam and I were driving in, we noticed that there is another previously industrial building that is clearly being redeveloped. Do you guys know what that is? 
Yes. And so is, is that tied in to what you guys are doing? I think anyway? it will be tied in, and it was sort of part of the deal of buying this property. Um, that building was sitting there. It housed a um, metal craft for the aerospace industry business, and they were looking to move out. I don't know if they had outgrown it or it just wasn't meeting their needs sure, anymore, but, but they were ready to move. Um, and so it was kind of a package deal. If we took this building, um, our, par- our development partners would also take that building, um, and that was to ensure that whoever moved in there would be compatible with the programming that goes on here because we can really kind of stress the property out. I right, mean, right, right. We have a lot of people that come yeah. down to visit us. We're very <laughs> grateful for that. We love to throw big parties and concerts and all of these things mm-hmm. that if, and we know this from our previous location that <laughs> if you have neighbors that are not cool with what you guys do, you're going to have a lot of trouble. And we, experienced the whole spectrum. Mm, loud music and alcohol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we had dealt with that before. We wanted to ensure that. So what's coming in over there? Like, what's that What's that developing out as? So they're building it out as creative office space. I think they're looking for, you know, an ad agency, a uh, tech startup. So, you know. Um, nice. Yeah, cool, fun businesses that, you know, hopefully will have a lot of uh, beer drinking um, employees. Beer drinking and whiskey drinking and <laughs> yeah. ice cream loving. I yeah. think cool creative businesses and beer drinking go together very well. That's what I'm so. saying. We're trying to have a very compatible ecosystem down here. <laughs> Love that. Love that. You were talking about your deep connection with Baltimore and I know a lot of your beer names are also deeply connected. Uh, you know, Divine named after the, the person who played Divine. John Waters Holmes. Baltimore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe you have a couple other beers that were very closely connected to Baltimore landmarks or people. Correct. How do you decide, like, what landmark or person you're going to memorialize in your beer names? Um, So originally, our core beers were going to be focused on the sort of quirkier aspects of Baltimore culture. Um, so you've duck pin bowling, for example, right. you know, an offshoot of 10 pin bowling that was arguably invented here in Baltimore. Um, and black wing was sort of an amalgamation of the Ravens and the Orioles being black wing birds and, um, you know, anthem Francis Scott key wrote the national anthem right. at Fort McHenry in Baltimore. And, and by the way, I just want to say that if, did you do the naming? Mostly. You, you did a really good job because you found ways to, to call these things out in really creative, artistic, non-obvious ways. Thank you. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just want to say that. I it's appreciate really, that. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. And then there's some things like Old Pro, which I actually didn't come up with the name. A friend of, a friend of mine did. But we knew it was going to be a summer beer, and we, we were thinking about what does summer mean to us having grown up in Baltimore. And for most of my peers, our, we did family vacations to Ocean City, Maryland, mm-hmm. where there is a miniature golf, um, a, a chain of miniature golf courses called Old Pro Golf. And so he threw out the name Old Pro, and I just absolutely loved it. Perfect, and, uh, perfect. And, and since then, we've, fo- we've forged an amazing relationship with the Old Pro Miniature Golf Courses. <laughs> and we, we do our, uh, our Old Pro Open once a year where um, we rent out an uh, indoor-outdoor miniature Old Pro Miniature Golf Course in Ocean City. And we invite people to come down to the beach. And we have a full day of – it's a mini-golf tournament with uh, beer releases and That's uh, awesome. a DJ, food. Awesome. And it's yeah. super fun. We and we're always amazed. We're always yeah. amazed how many people come out to it and, and party with us. And, um, you know, it's, it's just things like that that 
make the branding and, and the brewery so special to us because we're, we're reflecting on um, what's special about making beer in Baltimore. That's awesome. So the tap room in this space, which is where Adam and I walked in, and we, I had not been here. To, I don't think, Adam, have you been here before? I have not. Okay, so we've seen a lot of tap rooms in a lot of different places, and we walked into this, and it is a cavernous space, uh, which I absolutely love. Like, walking into a space that's like, it just... Now, okay. Roomy. Roomy is exactly it's what I was nice. going to say. Like, yeah. there's just like, I mean, we walk in in the middle of an afternoon, and so it's a little early, and I'm sure it packs in the people. But there's an enormous amount of room. There's a stage at one end. There's clearly a good sound coming. There's a massive, you know, rectangular bar. There's a, uh, what the English would call a caravan. We'll call a camp, little camper. Yeah. Photo booth trailer. Photo it's booth. Got photo booth. It's got a photo booth in there. It, it does have it. a photo booth. Right, we wanted to record in there, but the music yeah. was a little too yeah, loud. I'll take a picture before you leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us about that aspect of, of what you guys were thinking in terms of how do you build out that space that the customers are going to come in and enjoy the beer? We uh, lived with a 700 square foot tap room. It wasn't even a tap room when we started. It was a tasting room. This is at the old brewery, the original right, right. location. Tap rooms were not even legal in Baltimore. Yeah, well, so, that's right. right. So we, op- we opened the doors and could not serve a pint to, mm-hmm. a, to a visiting guest. Did you guys have to do the ticket thing where people could come in yeah, and get, and get, six, get, sam- oh, yeah. Yeah. They get six samples, right? Yeah, six, right, right. Totally six. remember that. Six? Wow. Three oh ounce, sam- six three ounce three. samples yeah. for free if they took a tour. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> they had to take had the tour. Had to take the yeah. tour. Yeah, take the tour again. Um, <laughs> And, and then there was another law that we could only sell a customer up to one case of beer per calendar year. So if somebody came in and bought a case of beer directly from us, we were supposed to record their name and in a log ever. or some way and not And we did that. And yeah. you did. Of course yeah. you did. Of course, course you did. Any records. 100% checked. compliance. IDs <laughs> and addresses and all that. I think those got damaged in the flood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so... When we were moving to a big brewery, we decided to really make this as grand of a statement as we could at our size that was within our in our limits. And we wanted to give people a lot of room. We wanted to expand on all the fun things we did in our small space. Um, and we wanted to make the statement that like this place is really here for the community and we wouldn't ever have to you know shut anyone out or right. um, or you know, do do things that we wanted to do that were very union centric off site because we didn't have enough space. So space was a big deal. Um, and yeah. while on some respects we miss the intimacy of the old tap room and that 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 you know intimate one on one customer reaction, sure. we're now able to expand on that and have so many more people come and enjoy our products mm-hmm. and introduce ourselves in this way that I think really makes a statement that like we're here for you, we're here for Baltimore. I think all of that plays into the general look and feel of the of the space. And as well as like we can now have concerts, which is amazing. We're big music guys. We'd love to host bands and, and what we, kind of music what kind of music do you guys have here? Uh, so we'll do we'll do all different kinds. We've had um, we're involved in the bluegrass scene because we are big sponsors of the of the Charm City Bluegrass Festival that really? happens in Druid Hill Park. Yeah, so I'm a big bluegrass fan. Uh, we actually, yeah, so we actually hosted the first festival. Now it's grown into this huge thing up at Druid Hill Park. Uh, so we had Billy Strings here it was our first mm. show. All right, um, and um, 
you know, we're having uh, Fruit Bats is coming. Um, Fruit Bats is a really cool indie band that's coming um, this month, actually. And, um, you know, for our anniversary party this year, we hosted the Budos Band. So, I mean, it's oh, the Budos Band. Really? You yeah. guys have the Budos Band? Yeah, we have Budos. Why am I not? It's because yeah. I'm too busy. I wish you guys were here when I lived in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really trying to so. make this a fun place and, and do things that other people aren't doing. And um, that's one aspect of it, for sure. So, y- you guys have limited uh, the, the ability of people under 21 to be here. So, after 6 p.m., Right. No one under 21, right? That's correct. How? I mean, I think it sounds like a good policy in some <laughs> it's ways. It's a great idea. <laughs> because, you know, you can come in and you can have a good time without worrying about having someone else's kids run around. This is coming from someone who went to breweries with a kid or who wanted to. We, did, we couldn't. Say, we when, our couldn't. Kid, when, our, when our kids we could, were, were young, we couldn't. To. Like breweries, yeah. like that was not a no-no. And then we watched, like we would start going to breweries yeah. and like seeing these people bring in like nine kids, which exactly. was awesome. Great family environment, and I know that's something you guys are trying to, yeah. to do here. But but it you can re- you're disrupt this. other clients as well. But how how is that going? At this point, it's working. Um, you know, this this isn't like we have like a Gestapo that comes in, <laughs> right. and, you know, that's ma- a strong word. Makes right? a line, <laughs> makes a line, and moves through the tap room to make sure everybody <laughs> with a kid comes out. It's not like a hard and fast rule, um, but we had to put the rule in place. Um, just based on what was happening when we first opened, um, in that it just became unsustainable um, the way that, unfortunately, um, parents would bring children and then basically let them loose. Um, And this is a place of alcohol consumption is its main function. Um, And it got very crowded and it became... Such well, a, it just became a problem. Yeah, um, I, I think that's that's something that I, I've talked to other brewers and ta- tap room owners and brew pub owners about is that there's a point at which you want to be a family friendly place and you want everybody to be able to come and pet friendly when you can. Sure. Um, but when the people plus part, when that is people plus kids or people plus pets or people plus whatever starts to take away from paying customers mm-hmm. who can't seat because... You know, there's a family taking up an entire picnic table and one person at the table is drinking, then right. you have to start making decisions that are True. fundamentally in the interest of the and, business. And I think for us more than that, that wasn't the, the real driver in it. You know, John and I both have young kids um, that can come up here and run around and get rambunctious. Yeah. And, you know, but it was more, it was kind of a safety thing was the biggest thing. I think we'd find kids on top of games or I think one time the employees found a toddler crawling around in front of the bathroom and their parents were outside. And oh, like, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was stuff like that. Um, and so f- from the biggest thing, I was like, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I want the kids to get hurt. Um, and I think it was, like you said, it was bothering other customers. Um, and so we tried to find a fine line in between that. We still have the most family-friendly hours in the city of Baltimore sure. for any brewery. And six, it's not uh, yeah. six yeah. hours a day are family-friendly. Six hours, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And 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 this only kicks in at what six o'clock, seven o'clock? So yeah, six, six o'clock. o'clock. So it's at the point where it's just like. And like John said, it's it's very loosely enforced. If you're here, your kids are well behaved and you're sitting at a table, nobody's going to say anything. But once, you know, something gets out of hand, then we might say, hey, we've got this policy. We're not trying to rush you out, finish your beer, finish your food, whatever. And then you guys. Yeah. I think it's perfectly reasonable. Especially like on the weekends. It's like during the day, like, yeah, come down, have a few beers, eat some food. Yeah. Let your kids kick around. Right. Go visit. Go get some ice cream down the, Mm -hmm. you know, right down the dock. I mean, there's there's lots of things for families to do down here. And that's great. We encourage that. Um, 
But, you know, once six o'clock hits, we want, you know, people to be able to have a date night in the tap room or... It's an alcohol. It's it's booze. It's a bar, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's not unreasonable. So I think that, I think you guys have found a really nice way to balance the family friendly with the we serve alcohol and people drink, right. <laughs> and right. let's be responsible about that. Uh, so in terms of capacity in the move, what is your capacity now? Because you know, touring around here, it's a very big facility. I mean, roughly as we're set up right now, we could do about 35,000 barrels in the space uh, a wow. year. Um, you know, this year we'll probably do around 13,000. Mm-hmm. So we've got plenty of room to grow in here. Um, as far as experimentation goes, we have um, our old facility still. So oh, okay. all the beers coming out of there are part of our rough draft series. And so those are 20 barrel batches of stuff that we can do. We serve in our tap room, send a little bit out to market, but we can either use that one as a test kitchen for something bigger that we're doing, or if, if one of the team here has an idea, and that can be anybody from a, a beer tender, uh, somebody in the front office, a brewer, they can come and work with me or one of the team of, of brewers and, and produce their own kind of style of beer that they want to make. Uh, we made a ginger pepper sour, which- um, Sweet. Wow. Was Sorry. a very conti- <laughs> very contentious beer when it was brewed, um, but it took a gold medal at the uh, at the Maryland Beer Cup this year. Nice. Um, and so people can have these ideas that me, John, and Adam would never want to make, and go make it and see how it works. And we've had a couple of beers that started out as rough drafts, kind of graduate to production beers. Um, and so that's kind of always the goal. It's like make something interesting that we think more people will like, and we can make more of. Okay, and is there anything coming out in the near future that you want people to know? Um, about? We have that that ESB will be out uh, soon. Uh, that'll be a rough drafts beer. In terms of new beers in general, we just launched a beer called Cold Pro uh, today, which is uh, Old Pro is our summer seasonal. It's a goes that's proved to be very very popular in the summertime. We thought let's make this a year round beer, but we kind of thought in the in the winter it's not the right beer. Right. So we said let's what can we do? Let's kind of riff on this. So we said let's take Old Pro. Uh, it's brewed with salt and coriander. Let's keep a little bit of the salt in. Let's remove the coriander. Um, let's add cranberries to it um, oh. and a little bit of cinnamon and give it this kind of winter feel. Oh, nice. So we made this really you know, and I was kind of skeptical when we first talked about it. What's this going to be like? <laughs> but we made this really delicious beer that I think people are going to love for the winter months. So that's launching in dra- draft and cans this week um, right. so it should be dc virginia maryland you should be able to find it excellent excellent so this is we're recording this november 1st so listeners um it like right around thanksgiving right around thanksgiving is when you can look for that that's awesome well listen guys do you have anything that you want folks to know about like that's coming up at here at union yeah we've got a couple of uh, cool events um over the next few months that are definitely worth checking out so the first one is um oi fest which is our big uh, oyster festival that we throw every year in partnership with True Chesapeake Oysters and the local oyster. Um, So that'll be um, all these different purveyors of oysters and all these different preparations of oysters as long as, as well as, you know, all your favorite union beers and a band and always a really good time. Um, Right around the week of Thanksgiving, we'll be having uh, our cornucopia release, which is an annual multi-beer release that we do. Um, that includes some sour beers, a brand new IPA, um, some barrel aged stuff. So it's a really, a really fun way to get your hands on a bunch of one-offs from us um, right before the holidays. We do mini kegs. We're introducing snow pants mini kegs this year that are will be available for pre-sale, and you can come pick them up during the Cornucopia event. Mini kegs. We love we love <laughs> oh, mini kegs during the holidays. So <laughs> miracle, our Weizenbach comes in a mini keg, and this year we're expanding it to snow pants, um, which is our oatmeal stout. 
for the listeners out there who don't know, snow pants. And then uh, January, what'd you say? 19th? 19th. Yeah. 19th, we will be celebrating uh, Zay Day, which is the 100th birthday of our, um, it's our, my partner Adam's grandfather who works at the brewery. He folds every case tray. He has done that since the day we opened. Really? Uh, we believe he's the oldest brewery worker in the world. And um, he's celebrating his 100th birthday. So that is amazing. By amazing. the way, there's an, there's an amazing article in City Paper in D.C. Uh, yes. from the week of... December 20, uh, October no. 22nd. October 22nd. Uh, you should go grab. There's a great article by D.C. Beer's Michael Stein. Shout out to uh, Mike Stein. Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Stein uh, about this guy, Z-Day. So Z-Day, and that is yeah. going to be amazing. So yeah. Zadie's 100th birthday is going to be a really special day. Uh, we'll do all sorts of beer specials and have all sorts of fun stuff going on uh, to celebrate him. So uh, make sure you come out for that one. Awesome. Uh, what about the beer front? Anything coming up in the beer front? Um, besides Cold Pro, uh, John just said Miracle will be out for the holidays yeah. again. Um, and then we've got some interesting R&D beers coming out that haven't been brewed yet, so I'm hesitant to talk about them until we <laughs> sure, know sure, that, sure. that everything's going. Uh, but go out, grab your Cold Pro, your snow pants, Sweet. Um, and all our core beers. All right. Well, John Zervitz, thank you very much for joining the DC Beer Show today. My we pleasure. really appreciate thank it. You. And Kevin Blodger, thank you so much. Uh, for making great beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, and for being on the show today. How about we the really Nats, huh? How about them? Let's oh, yeah. go, Nats. That's a, oh, by now we've all like finally caught our breath. When yeah. you guys hear in this episode, we'll be finally, Adam I'm and I were slept. driving up to Baltimore just like, I haven't slept for 10 days. I'm so behind on all my work. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, folks, thanks for listening to the DC Beer Show. Remember, you can get everything you need to know about craft beer in the DC area at dcbeer.com. Follow us on at dcbeer on all the social medias. And uh, subscribe to the Weekly Pour at dcbeer.com to get a one weekly update in your inbox of all the stuff you need to know about craft beer in the metropolitan area. Go Nats! Remember, always drink great beer. <laughs>